Hi, welcome to Aspen Chapel's podcast on today, Sunday, the 27th of November, Advent Sunday. And today we're going to be doing a ritual for Advent. And if you want to see the whole ritual, just go to our webcast, uh, our website, and see uh, on the pages uh, previous services. Uh, but today you're going to get some of the, uh, the talk around it uh, and just the bare bones of the ritual. Well, welcome everybody. If you'd like to come in, there's some seats just at the back here, if you'd like to come and sit down here. Well, periodically here at the Aspen Chapel, uh, we have rituals to mark the seasons, to mark the beginning of uh, spiritual bits of the year. And it's this bit where you walk in and think, help, was this the service I should have come to? I'd be much more comfortable if the chairs were set up normally. So we just get used to this. And welcome to our Advent Sunday ritual. And today is Advent Sunday. And the word Advent comes from the Latin word advenire, which means to come to, advenire, to come to or to arrive. And traditionally in Advent, we look forward to Christmas, two things. First of all, we look forward to Christmas, the arrival of Christ at Christmas, and also the arrival of the completion of time, the second coming. Those are the two things that in the church calendar that they look forward to. And it's the season that tracks um, us going into darkness and the coming of the light. It's also the very beginning of the Christian year. Um, it, this is week one in the Christian year, funnily enough. Um, and like birth, we begin with the darkness. Come in and have a seat. There's some seats around here and some, some over there. So do feel free to come sit down and they'll get some more seats uh, later on. Phyllis is over there if you're looking for her, David. Um, like birth, we begin with darkness in the approaching light. And Advent leads up to the darkest day of the year, which is the winter solstice, which this year, anyone know which day it is? Wednesday the 21st of December, and that's the shortest day of the year. And from that day onwards, the light begins to appear, and we celebrate that coming of the light. It's also, as I said, the time that we look forward to Christmas and the second coming, the moment where all consciousness, the second coming really is the moment where all consciousness becomes aware of the true nature of itself, where the divine in all of us is able to see the divine in all creation. It's a moment, the second coming of full consciousness, and that's really at the end of time. Let's get some more chairs out here, Tom, and then people can sit down, pairing and things like that. So it's the end of time, but really we're getting ahead of ourselves here with the second coming and everything. Often when we come to Advent, you know, the most important thing we think of is looking towards the light, you know, and everything becomes looking towards the light. Um, and with the days lengthening after December the 21st, with the light represented by Jesus coming at Christmas, and the thoughts of that fullness of time and, you know, the recognition of everything, and we, we really rush ahead and look at, towards the light, when really we forget about and ignore the darkness that's there. And today we want, as you can see, to start in the darkness. You know, we tend to rush towards the light. But that darkness, I think, has just as much to offer us as does light. You know, we forget that in Genesis, 
God created the light and the darkness. And without darkness, there would be no light. Without that darkness. But, you know, we're so partial. We, you know, we much prefer the light. We much prefer to have that aspect of it. And that goes for our personal shadow side too. You know, we all have darkness within us. We t- tend to come to chapel with our Sunday faces on, which is like... <laughs> and we greet each other, which is why we didn't have big greetings here. You know, we're all like, yeah. But actually, all of us have got darkness within us. We've all got issues that we're looking at, problems that we're facing. And when we find something we don't like about ourselves we sort of tend to sweep it under the carpet in the hope that no one's going to see it or we won't have to deal with it. But but we know it's there. Because every time we walk on the carpet, it goes... It crunches every time we go near it. I love that definition of enlightenment, which is the bringing of that which is in the dark into the light. Enlightenment, the bringing of that which is in the dark into the light. And in order to do that, you have to acknowledge that which is dark to bring it into the light so that you can grasp onto it. And also the other thing, you know, who says that dark is bad anyway? You know, the whole prejudice against dark being bad. You know, that yin and that yang symbol has both darkness and light equally sharing the whole. And look at creation, the creation that happens in the dark, the growing of the baby in the womb, the growing of plants in the dark towards the light, the gift of sleep that's in darkness, the blackness of the night sky. And there's a thought which says that dark is really just light that we cannot see. Dark is really just light that we cannot see. It is a different quality of light a wavelength that is not available to us. It's just as much a part of the creation as the light which we can see. But, you know, obviously what we cannot understand, we tend to demonize, so darkness gets a bad press. I mean, is dark evil? I mean, Meister Eckhart says, Meister Eckhart, a 14th century mystic, German mystic, he says that the ground of the soul is dark. The ground of the soul is dark. And if you think about it, you know, we naturally close our eyes when we pray. We go into darkness when we pray. And yet we do become afraid of the dark. It becomes all that we're afraid of and that we don't want to see. In the darkness lies fear and grief and death and the unknown. The problem is that the things that you throw into darkness don't go away. If you ignore them, they come back to bite you. Until you come to terms with that which is in the darkness within us, they'll always affect the course of our lives. You know, like some great weight thrown over the side of a ship, yet attached to a chain. It's below the surface, and yet it'll continue to drag you down. It'll force you to go in circles, because the chain will just keep you in the same place. You have to acknowledge, really, the weight that's there and either cut the chain or haul it back onto the boat and deal with it. That's the only way that the boat can go forward. Trying to imagine it's not there doesn't really work. So we're really 
looking at the whole nature of darkness now. In many ways, hiding our shadow, hiding the darkness of us, is the highest form of personal betrayal. By concealing that part of us, we're saying we don't deserve to show our complete selves. Thereby, we're betraying ourselves. I love that old saying that if you invite your guru to your house, you should never tidy up. I mean, the temptation when you invite the guru to the house is to get everything looking nice, But that's so rude. Because it doesn't show as you really are. It just shows the tidiness that's there. And truthfully, we should allow that bit to be there. What, what happens in secrecy, what happens when you hide things is secrecy, manipulation and pretending. All that takes a large part of our lives, the fear of being exposed and rejected for the part of ourselves that are hiding. You know that bit that you hope no one will see? <laughs> that bit that, you know, hope no one really knows about at all. So that little preamble is really to invite you to look at your own darkness now. You know, to actually consider what part of yourselves that you might be wanting to keep hidden. And maybe if you feel like it, close your eyes. And when I ask you what you want hidden in your life, what comes up? When I ask you where the darkness is in your life, what comes up? When I ask you where you're afraid to shed light on, what comes up? What comes up? And just take a look at those things. Why are they hidden? Why are they in darkness? Why do you shed no light there? Now, I want you to consider bringing them into the light. Now, I don't mean, you know, telling everyone about them or I'm not going to ask you to share them with the person sitting next to you. But just consider acknowledging them as part of who you are rather than hiding them. Because they are part of who you are. Like the yin and the yang symbol, there is a little bit of light within the region of darkness. And there's also a spot of darkness in the lighter areas of your life. And just acknowledge that. Remember that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. 
and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light was good and separated the light from the darkness. And God called the light day and the darkness night. And there was evening and there was morning, the first day. Maybe open your eyes if you want to now. And it's interesting that you have to have darkness to have light. And in this season of Advent, we acknowledge our darkness and then we acknowledge the light. That God said, let there be light and there was light. And we all have the power in our own lives to say, let there be light. Let there be light in our darkness. God saw the light was good and he separated the light from the darkness. And we can say, let there be light if we want to. And we can see if we feel that light is good. We can shed light on our darkness. And the moment we say that, we reveal our true potential. Because our potential is our light and our darkness. So we begin the process of exposing the darkness to light. And think about how you feel about that in your life. What comes up for you as we draw back the shroud and let in the light?